This episode of Weekly Sauce is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub. Visit Mike's BBQ Rub MTL.com and use Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off the entire site. Uh, Mike's BBQ Rub, man, it's the best sauce you ever try. It's the best rub you ever have. My favorite thing is our mustard truffle sauce. I talk about it every single week. Uh, man, that thing is un- unbelievable. That's probably the best sauce I've ever tasted. So if you want 10% off that sauce or any other sauces on their website or even their patented rub, their BBQ Rub, Hot Sauce 10 on checkout for 10% off the entire site. It's already cheap enough, so jumping on there with another 10% discount because the boys at Mike's BBQ Rub wanted to give us a discount. Um, Hot Sauce 10 on the website. It's Mike's BBQ Rub, MTL.com, Hot Sauce 10. Uh, This episode of Weekly Sauce is special. We got Jason Paul of WaveIntel.org, and he's going to school us on a bit of uh, of a Sabre analytics and analytics based on when it comes to the Habs and Alex and you know just as much as I do as much we love talking about the Habs and breaking them down to a, a minute number where they don't mean much anymore right Alex <laughs> yeah exactly so, so so some of these numbers are impressive well well we'll talk about it more later on the show but some of their numbers are really impressive yeah for sure so Jason I appreciate you coming on man how's it going buddy going really well thanks for having me guys analytics though you, you got to stop saying analytics because that just it scares people everybody hates that word now right so uh what should we call it what's the stop? word let's change it let's let's reinvent the let's internet. talk about information info. right. yeah you know <laughs> I'm what just joking. people don't appreciate the word info as much as it used to be it used to be like, call info call information call the operator now it's like information yeah. i can get that on my phone it's nothing no for sure <laughs> i think i don't know analytics gets a it gets a bit of a bad rap but just the word there was a couple of good tweets uh, yesterday. Someone was saying, well, you can't really, you can't trust analytics. You know, you have to, which, you know, but then my, my response is, well, you can't trust any stat, any, right? Like yeah. you got 20 goal scorer, a player who's a 20 goal scorer. And then you got another player who's a 20 goal scorer. Like, are they, are they equal? Nope. <laughs> ah, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> right? So waveintel.org, tell us a little bit about it, man. Yeah, uh, my site is, um, I've got a few tools, which hopefully helps make the analytics uh, a bit more uh, user-friendly. You can punch in players' uh, names and they, and you get all kinds of graphs. And uh, my famous one is it, it's compares two players at the same time. And you can, um, you have the old data or the old school data, like the goals on there still, you still get the goals and assists, but you also get some of the underlying data as well. So you can be your own judge kind of thing. Um, I think a, a big thing about these kinds of tools and stats is that you, you mentioned the one number thing. There's always a place for a one number, but I think in general, you want me personally, I want more data, more stats to, to come up with my own conclusions. Right. Course, so this yeah. is what my tools try to do basically. So what did you, what, uh, what made you want to just get into start doing this? Are you a math major or is that? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I've, I've got a degree in economics and, uh, got a statistics background and, uh, my, my day employer employs me to do performance measurement for the okay. company. So, um, I kind of like that stuff. I always liked that stuff as a kid. I just want to know more. So when it comes to hockey, I love hockey. When I was younger, I remember my brother talking about Geek Carbono, right? And we would say, oh, he's only got 
you know, 10 goals or something like that. Then my brother's like, yeah, but you realize he plays against the best players, right? So he's, you know, so that 10 goals is actually amazing because he's playing against the best, you know? So then that, that kind of triggered my interest in looking deeper into statistics. I uh, actually appreciate a lot of Guy Carbono. He's, I feel like he's, he's a very good uh, defensive forwards. Uh, one of the best I've probably ever known. Um, speaking of that, I've had a debate uh, actually with someone uh, over who's better, Philippe Deneau or, or Nazem Kadri. So <laughs> he he's like, okay, well, 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 you look at his stats. You you look at Nazem Kadri. He has he he's a thirty goal scorer, man. He's he's a lot better than Philippe Deneau. Sick player. I mean, better in what sense? That's what we have to talk. Well, That's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. I'm just talking in on uh, in general, actually. Yeah. So I'm not talking about hey, goals, assists, whatever. That's that's your basic stats. When but when you push it further and you get into advanced stats and when you get into analytics, you realize that there are two different players that excel in different areas of the ice. I know Nazem Kadri excels on the power play. He's really good on a power play. He's um he's he's a goal scoring machine. He he shoots a lot on goal as well. Um Philip Deneau on the on the on the flip side, he's one of the best five on five players in the league from uh from from mm-hmm. from what I've seen on Jason's websites. I, I actually went on there and tried Nazem Kadri and Philip Deneau. Uh, and I've seen Phil Dunno's amazing five on five. Yes. Uh, defensively, he's very solid, and and and, and it speaks for itself. He finished sixth in Selkie race uh, this year and seventh mm. the the last year. So he he's recognized by pretty much the NHL that he's a pretty capable centerman. Yeah. Now, sure. Jason. I now, I agree with you. And now, Jason, what do you think of that? Do you think? You give more the edge to Dano or Kadri in that case. That's a good question, man. You surprised me with this one, but it's a it's a great one, and um, I think it is quite amazing how polarizing Dano is among Habs fans. Uh, you know, we 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 go back and forth on Twitter a bit, and you see really strong Habs fans kind of knock him a bit and say we can never win it with him as a number one center. He's really a number three center. Blah blah blah. And I, I would say that I'm in that boat. I, I wrote an article last year and did a little deep dive in him. And I find it hard for me to say that he could be a number one center if, and when I say that, I mean like on a, on a, on a contending team, right? Um, if you're not, if you're only a single use player and I see him as a single use player, it, that use is amazing. Five on five. <laughs> It's fantastic, right? So, yeah. you know, I don't want to knock him. Like, that is amazing. That is a massive percentage of the game that he is amazing at. But if you cannot contribute on the power play or in other ways, in maybe more of a clutch way, we need a goal in the last two minutes. Are you going to put Deneau out there? I'm not sure. I don't but think I, so. I right? would put Kadri out there, right? Yeah. <laughs> so his skill, and if you look a little deeper on the analytics here, if you want to talk a bit about the analytics, I'm looking at that right now on my uh, on my tool. Um, sure, Dano's uh, five on five stats are fantastic, but there it's the on ice stat that's fantastic, and that's that's a bit different than it, what your individual 
stat is. You're on ice means what's happening when you're on the ice, right? When he's on the ice, it's pretty incredible, right? But he has 11 five-on-five goals. This is Deneau? Which is, this is Deneau, yeah. which ranks him 104th in the NHL. Okay. Right? Kadri, you wouldn't say that his five-on-five stats are as good. His on-ice stats are as good as Deneau's, but he's got 15 five-on-five goals, right? Which ranks him, uh, what, 43rd among forwards. And then, like you said, he's really good on the power play. So it, it's that really give and take. Like, you know, do you want a guy that's just pushing the pace five on five? Um, but when you need a goal, is he necessarily the guy you're going to count on in the last two minutes? I just don't. I don't. He's not. I'm not sold on that. Yeah, exactly. So I see the no as being a um, ideally on a, on a cup contender team. I see him as a third centerman. Uh, I think that's his role. If he's third centerman, your team has a good chance of winning the cup. That's that's my opinion. Um, obviously, when you, the more you play the no, the more the less offense you'll produce. Uh, it's going to become more of a zone defense kind of system with uh, surrounding him. So it, it's it's tough to say because um, he. He can contribute on offense. It's just he's not going to bring you a cup if he's the the first centerman. That's what I'm trying to say. But, but I mean, listen, but, I don't think anybody yeah. on the Habs right now is fit to bring the cup. I mean, the cup is – I think it's somewhat attainable, and maybe not this season. Uh, yeah, yeah. Deneau isn't the type of guy that might lead you – get the game-winning goal, like Jason was saying, but Deneau could be the type of guy – like uh, shows up in the playoffs and, you know, dominates and does well two ways and doesn't get recognized. Like the Selkie Award winners, most of the Selkie Award winners don't really get recognized. I mean, we saw what happened with Carbo when he made the Hall of Fame. Everybody's like, why is Carbo making the Hall of Fame? Because Carbo is one of the mm-hmm. best two-way centers in the history of the NHL. Like, I, mm-hmm. He shut down most lines when he was on the ice. And I think that's what people don't realize. So when we talk about these, you know, I like to say sabermetrics, but we talk about this information, like Jason likes to call it, you know, I mean, websites like Jason are key to so we can understand what type of value a player brings to you, to, to, to your team. And, and a lot of GMs are looking at it now. I mean, they might not be looking at it the way Chaika was looking at it. Um, but, you know, a lot of GMs are looking at this stuff. And it's not necessarily – I can't compare Kadri and Danau. Danau, they're not – they're two very different players to me. Yeah, I see it like that as well. I see Kadri being more offensive and Danau more defensive. Yeah. But – the dude who had debated, he's like, oh, there's Deno is nowhere close to Kadri and this and that. I'm like, well, you know, Deno's better defensively, Kadri's better offensively. Two so different players. Whatever, uh, you know? Yeah. But let's now challenge Jason on this one because I've seen this a while back, a month or two ago, well, actually two months ago. The, uh, you guys were showing analytics on Victor Mete. Okay, <laughs> and how Victor Mete was one of the best. It was the next question I had on the paper here. <laughs> <laughs> and how Victor Mete was one of the best based on analytics on the Habs, and how, let's say, he, yeah, he was actually better than Weber on based on analytics. Like, 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 like what's your argument on this, Jason? Well, I think this is where analytics okay it gets a little bit gray and muddy right 
Um, and it, and it kind of, it also goes with the don't do no thing. The advanced analytics, when it talks about expected goals and, you know, tilting the ice and how many more chances you have than the other team has a lot to do with your percent, like the percentage of the time that you're on the ice. So how's the best way I can describe this? So Victor Mete's um, analytics, I'll say the, the, uh, on ice stats. So like the shots for and the shots against are very good. And it's simply because when he, when his, when he's on the ice uh, and he gets a chance to exit the zone, he exits the zone very well. He's very good at exiting the zone when he has the puck. Right. And it stays out of the zone because he actually brings it into the offensive zone or he makes a good pass to get in the offensive zone. So if you look at Mete's, 40-second or 50-second shift, he spends most of the time outside of his zone. So there's there, there's very few chance, there's less chance for shots on net when it's not in your zone, right? Yeah. But the eye test guy is going to say, wait a minute, but I know what it's like when, <laughs> when, it, when Mete is in his zone, right? It's not necessarily pretty. So that's where the eye test and the analytics don't match up sometimes. So when you're just looking at the average of the of the analytics, Mete looks good. Um, but that's where an analytics pro or maybe somebody in the analytics community would say, well, you're reminded of the two times that Mete uh, gave up the puck in his own end. But what you got to realize is when he gets the puck, he's out of the zone. So it washes out really well. You just don't like the fact that if he gets caught, it doesn't look good. Whereas Weber and say Sherratt, for example, they're able to block shots and hammer guys and keep them on the outside, but they're not quite as good as getting the puck out of the zone. So they spend less time out of the zone. Right. Um, but they're really good, you know, on the whole defensively. So you, so you see how that, see how they spend more time in their end. So they get more shots against, but there's, there, there are less big gaps. If the, yeah, and I think you know it was mean? it was the same way we looked at PK Subban. PK Subban back in the day was like, oh, when he makes mistakes, he makes them big. Well, the reason why is because he's not going to be the guy that's always going to get those shots again. So when they happen, they happen, and it's almost like um, I'm trying to think of an analogy here. A, a ref, you know, they always say you should never notice the ref. If you notice the ref, it means he did a bad game, right? So when yeah. you notice mistakes that that Mete makes, that's because he's having a bad game. But if we're not talking about him every single night because for the most part, he's pretty responsible with the puck and he moves it, you know, 194 feet, whatever it is. And, um, I, I, I like the Mete style, but I do see the argument that maybe he doesn't fit in, into the habits, but I like Mete. I think he, he brings a piece to the new kind of hockey that we appreciate, you know, and that we like to watch where Weber's style might not be developing to that point. Yeah. Personally with, with the, with the system that Habs are playing, I don't think it, helps Victor Meta shine more. I think Mete would shine more like an I'd say more like a Carolina Hurricane system where they love mm. forechecking a lot, where they uh would have a lot of speed to get out of zone quick. I think that type of system would Victor Mete would would thrive more in. But when you look at the Hab system, like Joel Edmonton, the, the like the one we acquired from Carolina Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. So I think Joel Edmondson would thrive in our system more than in Carolina's system. His dad is a Habs and, fan. You see that quote that he came out with today? Yeah, that was exactly. Cool. And 
and we've spoken about Joel Edmondson by uh, the analytics co uh, community. They were saying about how Edmondson was this and that, but we, but then people brought up stats from him back in his his um, San Louis. San Louis, Blues. exactly. And his stats, and exactly, and the Blues and Habs played a similar system, so mm -hmm. it would it would help him more being with the Habs than being with Carolina. So it's. Honestly, at the end of the day, it just depends where the fuck the player plays. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and what the part. team what the team is trying to achieve, right? It's like, I think the Habs are more of a rope-a-dope team. And I've had this discussion with other analytics people. It's like, okay, like Shea Weber, if his analytics don't wash out very well, I would argue that it's because he, it's a controlled situation. He allows, instead of, pinching in and doing he's allowing Crosby to come in and he wants Crosby to take a shot from a certain area and he's going to allow him to take it from that area. I think there's a level of defensive prowess that some of these guys have that is, doesn't really flash well in all the analytics, right? You can't really paint them with a the brush that way, but I think the Habs do play that rope a dope game. They, they want to, they want to bend, they don't want to break and they want to just attack when they get a, when they get a good chance. Right. So when did you start Wave Intel? Uh, about three years ago. Three years ago. Okay. So I was going to start mm -hmm. asking about like Koivu metrics and stuff like that. Because Koivu was a guy that wasn't really... We, we, we always respect those types of players post-mortem after they retire and stuff like that. So I wanted to know mm -hmm. where he stood. But if you, hadn't, if you hadn't done that research, unless you have, you know, since Koivu was such a prolific No, I could. Player. I could go pull up stuff from uh, other people. I don't have it on my site. My okay. Is it's a little bit too recent, but I mean, when you do pull up guys from the past, like the Datsuk, for example, yeah, his his analytics are through the roof. It's 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 like almost what ten is, out of ten. What is it about him that that makes it through the roof? Well, I think first of all, the Detroit Red Wings as well, right? Like they they played a control kind of game, yeah. Which a controlled kind of game favors analytics, and when we say analytics, I think we're just broadening. We're just broadly saying you know, sh the shot metrics, you know, being able to have more shots than the other team, yeah. quality shots. You, I don't know how, how well versed you guys are in the expected goals, nope. data and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I mean, this it's, a, it's absolutely fantastic stuff, but you know, we're both, we're uh, both meatheads he, here. So it's not like, you know, <laughs> you still have to interpret it though. Right. Of course. And, yeah. So yeah. So it, 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 the analytics generally, paints a good picture for a team that controls the puck like the Carolina Hurricanes, like the Detroit Red Wings when Datsuk was there. Um, the Habs get good metrics because they their system is about shots, right? Volume. It's not necessarily the volume. So you can get high volume and they're known as a high, highly regarded analytics team, but they just don't seem to finish. They don't have the skill. I saw you did... Um a KK and Suzuki comparison the other day. And, yeah. and that was pretty interesting to me because those are the two guys that we, everybody talks about. Every Hab podcast, every Hab article is always mentioning mm -hmm. KK and uh, Suzuki. What do you think um, of those players um, based on the intel, based on waveintel.com? What, what was the comparison between the two for those who wouldn't see? Yeah, so the comparison between those two, I compared their rookie seasons, right? Yeah. So, because Kakanyemi had a really good rookie season, um, 
his first year there. And it, it, it kind of washed out the same where they both had very strong uh, defensive metrics. They were very responsible. Um, but Suzuki had a bit more offense. He had a bit more power play time and, and showed that as well. But they were deployed very differently as well. Suzuki was by you know by the time he reached his tenth game of the season, he was being deployed as a you know basically a second line center against other teams' good players. I mean, he had decent players to play with, whereas Kakanyemi did not have strong teammates. So he could have probably had our line mates, or he could have probably had quite a few more points. But he was also being sheltered big time, and you can see that. There's many sites. It's not just my site, but there's all kinds of great sites out there. Yeah. Puck IQ is one of them. If you want to see how they're being deployed against who they're facing, that is a very good site to go and you, you punch it in, Puck IQ. And you can see that Kakanyemi is one of the most isolated players in his rookie season out of all the players in the NHL. Uh, and isolated, you, you guys know you guys are hockey guys, which yeah. basically means that the coach is protecting him. He's putting him on the offensive draws. He's putting him against the other team's worst players, basically. And Julian, we know how much he likes to sit on his rookies. And for the fact that he was, he's <laughs> been playing a lot of young guys, he... He's not a promoting. He's not a promoter of the young players. Well, he hadn't been until now, where he had basically mm-hmm. had no choice. Where he had to start start playing Suzuki, KK, and a lot of the young guys. Even Jordan Wheel got way too much playing time, in my opinion. But you know, a respectable player. And, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. it's one of those things where it's like you're a Habs fan. You start having these. You you start confirmation bias, right? You start looking online and you start all of a sudden the algorithms on Twitter are agreeing with you, and everybody's like yeah. telling me that you know Wheel isn't. I mean, I liked Wheel to a certain extent, and I don't want to get too much on a Jordan Wheel uh, tangent here. I liked him. I think he was a useful <laughs> player. But, yeah, way too many minutes for what he was getting. He was getting – I'm a season ticket holder, and I would see Jordan Wheel on the power play, and i am yeah. never played hockey in my life. I'm not a hockey guy, but it just didn't seem right to me, you know, seeing Jordan yeah. Wheel on the power play. Wheel and Cousins, right? They got yeah, lots cousins. of power play time. And, and I think that really – I don't want to start bashing Bergevin here, but that it really falls on him. He didn't fill out the the roster the way he needed to. And and Julian, I got to give the guy credit. I mean, people wanted to see Suzuki more and Paling, but the stats. If you, one of the things I have on my site is a is a plot of the performance of all the players in the NHL, not just your own team. And you can see where they plot on the performance. And I mean, Suzuki. Uh, Kakanyemi was absolutely caved in last season. Like uh, not just a little, not just a little bit. He was, it was not pretty. And <laughs> it was ugly. It, it was, it was ugly. scary because it was almost La Tendresse-ish. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've mentioned a name there, Nick fucking Cousins. So I remember, <laughs> I, I actually took the screenshot and I had to show it, but Anyways, Nick Cousins replied to uh, retweeted one of your tweets and mm. quoted, okay. "How many NHL games have you guys played? <laughs> Can't seem to find you guys on Hockey DB." Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you think of that? Were you offended, Jason? Did you hurt your feelings? You know, I, I wasn't offended. I mean, I mean, Twitter, I'm not good at promoting my Twitter, I don't think, because you need to be bombastic and say crazy things. And so that was fun for me. For Twitter, him to, you need to be like, you need to be like machine gun ready to fucking shoot everybody yeah. on Twitter, you know? So he did it for me, which is great. <laughs> and uh, so I really enjoyed the, the comments and stuff that were back and forth. And uh, I didn't take, I don't, I, I don't take offense to that. I just, it's just cool that he was looking at it. And the irony of it is, 
I was a huge, uh, the, one of the national uh, uh, websites, something like that, asked me to do a piece on uh, Nick Cousins when he oh, got wow. traded there, right? That's cool. And so I, and he asked me to do it because he knew I was a Nick Cousins fan because I, I was, everybody on Habs Twitter was like, get him off the power play and stuff. And I was the guy that was saying, well, wait a minute here. Like, first of all, he does well. He's actually does pretty good. And he's, an, he's out, he epitomizes the professional perfect bottom six player like a coach very loves that guy yeah he does not make any errors on the ice he does his job i can i don't know him obviously i don't know him but i assume that he's a coachable guy (laughs) and he just seems to be the perfect player and that's the exact kind of player that's gonna take guys like paling and uh cocky name the ice from them because those guys are not pros yet they they make mistakes crazy mistakes on the ice right Cousins doesn't. Anyway, so I thought it was funny. It was good. Yeah, it's good. good. I mean, it's always nice to get kind of like you. You've you've done a few spots on TSN six ninety, and and that's where I recognize the name from. And it was and it's funny to me because when you get somebody with like a big following, they kind of retweets you or maybe blocks you. In my case, you know what I mean. I've had a one guy from (laughs) TSN six ninety block me, and you know it's interesting. It, it's yeah. just it's fun to get that interaction just that like oh what's going on here there's there's something to do now we're in a lockdown situation here there's something to do on my phone let me start hammering these people on twitter and you need to have that like i said that machine gun ready to go the ak-47 ready to shoot back yeah. at Nick cousins but he's a good he's a good dude nick cousins i, I liked him I, I agree with you yeah. i think that he got a bad rap and i think when he got when he left here um people were like oh well we're not losing much and then we saw what he did in the playoffs and there was you know he played well and yeah. i i like the type of player and i think that we have this thing in montreal when you're or when you're just a habs fan that if you're not scoring 25 goals you suck and i think that's yeah. what a lot of the habs fans have an issue with and you mentioned before that you're ripping on on Berge. I've always been a Bergy supporter. I didn't support everything he's done. I mean, there's a few trades that I think he shouldn't have done. The biggest one to me was getting rid of Sergachev. I think we see that now with the contract that Sergachev just signed five, uh, three years at $14.4 million. What a steal. And it, it pains me that we have a guy like Dugouin where he'll probably ask for more money, get more money, and not give you the same dollar value on the ice. And I'd love to know your comparison between the two of those players, if you can, since they're two different positions. Yeah, well, I wouldn't compare them directly, but I, I would definitely say that everything. I mean, I I don't like bashing players. I'm not, yeah. and that's probably why I don't have a massive Twitter follower. But you know, <laughs> I, I root, and I'm, you're a nice guy. And I'm, nothing. yeah, nice I'm a Habs fan. I I want to see Drew and do well. But the, the bottom line is, he he was an absolute hole for that. Like, I mean, I I don't. I shouldn't say it that way. Like, he had a bad <laughs> season. He reason. had a bad season. And, and it makes it worse when you have that much ice time too, right? So the anal- the, the scoreline was not bad for him. He, he had a few, quite a few goals and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But the, the underlying analytics numbers were not good. We're not very good at all. The, thing the about defensive the, side. The thing about the way is that, yeah, he's one side of the ice. And, you know, and I like, like back to my point about Berkey is that I like what he's done. And I think this offseason he's done a lot to improve the team. And I know Alex is on the same page as me when it comes to this. And it's – He's, it's his last chance, I think, at this point. And I think if the product works on the ice, then it's he'll be fine. But if it starts failing, then Julian is going to be gone first, and then Bergie's going to be gone after. And I think that's that's the recipe for the Montreal Canadiens' history since they won the Stanley Cup in '93. Yeah, 
I uh, I 100% agree with you with, on there. I, I do think Bergeron threw a all-in uh, on that because he knows Price and Weber are aging. He, he wants to maximize that window. And that's why he threw the money on Anderson. Uh, that's why he traded uh, Domi for him, actually. And that's why he threw also the money on Toffoli. Uh, I think now we have a better top nine than we had for the past uh, six, seven, eight years, I'd say. That's the most quality group I've ever seen. And this is the most, like, and like I told you in our group chat, this is the most exciting time since the um, the big Bob Guinea summer with Camilleri and Gianta. The, mm -hmm. the, the five-year plan. Yeah, exactly. Whatever <laughs> plan he had. <laughs> but yeah, this is the most exciting time I've had since that. And I think that's the same exact feeling I have right now. And I do think we do have a great chance of making the playoffs. And we can contend in the playoffs as well. We, we brought so many big guys. And I think the Bergevin is all in right now. We'll see what we can do in this all-Canadian division. Jason, I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Uh, Saturday night time away from the family I appreciate you spending time with two meatheads like us I'm going to go back and watch uh, probably the UFC with my girlfriend if she's not passed out on the couch yet uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alex <laughs> Alex again I appreciate it man uh, my partner in crime Jason where can they reach you uh, where can we tag you and all that stuff yeah uh, Twitter at Wave Intel and my, webs my website is uh, waveintel.org so all my stuff is there. So see you on the Twitter machine. <laughs> don't don't get too negative. Don't change who you are, Jason. You yeah, yeah. the follows will come <laughs> if you just stay the nice guy that you are. But you're a nice guy. People aren't gonna see this, but you probably have one of the best beards I've ever seen. So I, Dude, I got like the best. worst patchiest beard of all time. Yeah. Scruffy. No, it looks good. Looks good. Love the hat. Oh, appreciate it, man. Appreciate <laughs> it. You know we gotta bring him back. I have a poster, but it yeah. fell down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good stuff, good. boys. I appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub. Visit Mike's BBQ Rub, MTL.com, and use Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off the entire site. Uh, best rub in town, and don't forget to rub your meat. Peace.